All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Daily Faceoff Live, presented by Botano, the 2023 EGR Brand of the Year. And your spot, if you want to get in on the action this week in the NHL 19+, plus, please play responsibly. I'm Tyler Rumchek. He is Frank Saravalli, who coached, what, 15 minor hockey games this ah, weekend? Uh, just just five, but um, hey, it's uh, that was enough for me. Five <laughs> plus the misery of the Eagles, I, I need a cocktail. Yeah, that is a that was a tough one to watch last night as the your Eagles fell to the Bucks. Uh, Frank, let's start with before we get into our topics, a little bit of news this morning. The Chicago Blackhawks have signed Jason Dickinson to a two year deal. It comes with a four point two five million dollar AAV, kind of similar to the Felino signing, right? You got a good guy fits in your room. Just sign him. You need to get to the floor. Yeah. And look, that was uh, we're going to talk trade deadline objectives for the Western conference teams. And for me, I had written in for the Chicago Blackhawks, some continuity. They need some guys to bridge over to next year. If you have someone you like sign them, doesn't really matter this year and next what the cap hit looks like. And just an odd circumstance for Jason Dickinson. He ends up being a cap casualty because he's not close to playing up to the level at 2.65 for the Vancouver Canucks. He goes to Chicago, gets some opportunity ice time, and oh, hey, now you get a raise from two six five to four two five. Good for him. Uh, just like Nick Felino, Jason Dickinson cel- celebrating the salary cap floor. 
Yeah, and Dickinson was a guy maybe some contenders had an eye on as a potential trade piece ahead of the deadline. He is off the market. We'll talk a little bit more about the West in a second. But first, let's start out East. And a guy in Elvis Merzlikens, Frank, who was fired up after he got the victory last night. And he had some interesting quotes. I know he was on the broadcast saying, you know, I I had to let the monster out of me. He also said, quote, after my last interview, everybody knows I requested for a trade um, he then talked about how much he appreciated his teammates still going out there and fighting for him. But Frank Merzlikens wants out. Is he going to get his wish before the deadline? Not sold. That's going to be the case. And here's the thing. This has made it out publicly now by virtue of Elvis Merzlikens basically saying it. But you kind of got a sense from the Columbus Blue Jackets and Pascal Vincent of, of what uh, he was thinking about in terms of not playing him for a stretch of time uh, just around the New Year's holiday, 10, 12, two weeks, 10, 12 days, two weeks of not being in the net. This was kind of the writing on the wall. And and here's the thing. NHL teams have known that Elvis Merzlikens has been looking for a change of scenery for months now. Go back to when the Edmonton Oilers had a really tough start to the year and couldn't get any goaltending. One of the pieces that they were there looking at in Columbus a few times was Elvis Merzlikens. So um, I just have a hard time. Yes, his numbers are good this year. Last year, 30 appearances with an 876 save percentage. We say all the time on the show that goaltending is voodoo. If you're going to take on a guy whose numbers have sort of been up and down and yes, playing on some pretty bad teams, he's clearly a talented guy and south of 30, which makes him make sense for some teams. But you'd have to be really convinced that he's your long-term fit based on the cap commitment that you'd be making to him and bringing him on, let alone, I'm sure Columbus doesn't want to trade him for nothing. So there's kind of a conundrum here that the Blue Jackets are facing, a piece that doesn't really bring you a ton of value. And second, he kind of wants to get out the door. Yeah, and with three more years at 5.4 million, you also kind of sit there and go, like, which contending teams can fit him in right now not a lot and with all that term left like there's no way columbus keeps any of that money no and the one team that kind of makes like if you squint a little bit you could see it making sense is new jersey he's got the sort of right age for their team uh the cap hit isn't like crazy long um uh, you know you see if his name's bat if i'm saying that correctly chimes in in the chat there on youtube like yeah devil's You could see that making sense for a team that's really struggled to find goaltending. It's not an outrageous number, but I don't know. I'd sort of be willing to roll the dice with some two guys or three guys that make a lot less than 5-4. Yeah, and I think when you look around the league right now, like the Kraken getting good goaltending out of Joey Decord, like you can maybe go find a piece somewhere that isn't a $5.4 million cap it, but Merzlikens and his market, certainly something to watch over the next 50-some-odd days. Leading up to the deadline, Frank, the Colorado Avalanche also have an interesting situation on their hands as for the second time in the matter of a year, half a year even. Uh, Valeri Nachushkin is going to be heading to or taking a leave of absence from the team. He's going to the player assistance program, Frank. And unfortunately, here, of course, we know what happened back in the playoffs during their series with the Kraken. Is there any word on like what, how long this could be for Nachushkin or anything like that? No word. It's an indefinite period of time. Typically, you start to see, you know, some potential for him to return after 30 days. Not saying he's definitely going to be out for the full 30, but 
the fact that this is the second time in which clearly some kind of uh, substance abuse issue has popped up is certainly concerning for the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, here's the big issue is, yes, this is something that needs to be dealt with properly and handled, and certainly a lot of respect for Valeri Nachushkin as he goes through this and battles it, but he's left this team high and dry now on a couple occasions, and last year being in the playoffs against Seattle is certainly one that stands out to me. Um, the tougher part for the Avs is not knowing a timeline, but also really having a player in Nachushkin that you can't replace. Like you can have the cap space, which they don't, but then going out and trying to fill that spot is even harder. Like no one, so few guys in the league can do exactly what Nachushkin does as a force of nature. And he's been excellent this year, 22 goals in 40 games on a point per game pace or just North of it. I mean, this is a key, key critical piece for the Colorado Avalanche that they're going to be without for a while, and it's a big story. Just to clarify, because this question popped up in the YouTube, uh, his cap it, is it on or off the books? Uh, it is on the books right now. They can appeal to the league for some relief. Um, there's kind of mixed history with that, and we'll see what happens. But right now, they don't have any relief. Spencer Knight would be an example of a player who their team got cap relief, correct? Or did they not get room? I believe they did. Yeah, I was trying to think back and remember, but Nishushkin leaves a big, big hole in that lineup. And if you don't get the cap relief, if you're Colorado, like again, you know, our thoughts with Nishushkin as he goes through this, but from a hockey perspective, like you look at this top six and you kind of go, oh boy, like Joel Caravanta playing in your top, playing second line left wing for you, Jonathan Drouin top line left wing. I know he's having a nice little bounce back, but like the Avs are going to need that forward, Frank. Well, they already in our West objectives, they needed a, a they need a two C like Ryan Johansson, like uh, Ross Colton's been fine. Ryan Johansson is not, certainly not living up to the bill. And if you could bump everyone down to, you know, another further line down, you bump Colton to three C and Johansson maybe to four. I know it's painful at four million bucks a year on the cap, but. That experiment, a worthy one to try, just hasn't really worked out for Colorado. They were already in the market for a center. It's going to be really hard to try and fill two top six roles if that's what you're tasked to do. But playoffs are a long way off. I have a feeling we'll be seeing Nachushkin again this regular season. Let's get into our Western objectives, Frank. Colorado on the hunt for a forward. And actually where I want to start is in the Central Division because you look at Dallas, Winnipeg, and Colorado. They're all pretty tight in the standings, all three of them presumably. Stanley Cup aspirations. Could this turn into like a mini arms race in the Central? Like could those three teams feel some pressure to outbid each other in the market? I think that's actually the most fascinating dynamic for the entire West is given that these teams are so tightly bunched, given that you know, probably Winnipeg, Dallas, and Colorado have just as good a chance to get out of the West as Edmonton, the way that they're playing, plus, you know, Vegas and LA when they get their game in order. It's, it kind of makes it a tough call as to how aggressive should you be. And I look at a team like Dallas, if you take a look at our buyers list, you know, I think sometimes less may be more. Like to me, when I look back at the last two Stanley Cup winners, in Vegas and Colorado, it's not lost on me that neither one of those teams traded their first round pick that year to get better. Ivan Barbashev was someone that Vegas brought in. There was a huge difference maker. You look at 
the Colorado Avalanche, they made two moves with second round picks. Arturi Lekkinen was a great smart pickup. And then Josh Manson on the back end. And those two trades kind of really helped propel that team. But they were smart and sort of curated ads as opposed to just picking the biggest name on the board and saying, this is the guy we need. We have to go after him. And so less is more as a top objective may not make a lot of sense for a team that you think is right there. But given where Dallas is at and the fact that they've withstood a loss to Jake Ottinger for a significant chunk of the first half of the season, plus Miro Haskinen, and I'm going, tell me where the hole is on the Stars roster. Like, yeah, you could go go nuts, go wild, and, and go trade for you know some of the bigger pieces that are on the board, but does this Stars team really need it? And the other thing too, Frank, like when you look at that list, there are seven teams there who we're looking at as buyers. Three of them are going to be done in the first round. So I, I'm curious if any of these teams maybe sit there and go, whew, it's loaded up this year. Maybe we don't want to give up our first round pick when things are as tight as they are in the West. And that's kind of where, if you go back to that board a second, Gav, like that's where I, I struggle with a team like the Canucks. Like they've been lights out this year. They've got the goalie that could take them on a run. They've got, you know, potential MVP candidates. Look at Quinn Hughes, but also as well as Elias Pettersson has played 10 goals in his last eight games. They tore through the East 5-1-1 one, and one on that Eastern road trip. I mean, but their window is just kind of opening. And the team next year is probably going to look a little different. As much as they need that top six forward, I don't know that I'm making a big splash from Vancouver unless it's someone that has term on their deal that I or I feel pretty confident that I could fit in and re-sign because they want to be there for the next five years or six years in this category as opposed to a team like, I don't know, uh, pick a team like the Oilers that have question marks coming up, frankly, with their salary cap. I don't think huge, significant concerns with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you want to be putting your best foot forward every year to try and win while these guys are in their prime. A lot of buyers, so who are the sellers? Let's dig into that a little bit, Frank. And I, there are a handful of teams that are maybe stuck somewhere in the middle. The obvious names, though, are the Hawks, Ducks, and Sharks. But when I go kind of look through the Hawks, Ducks, and Sharks, Frank, I, I'm not 100% sold that they even have that much to give up. Like Dickinson now has been re-signed, and you look at the other name or the other team, San Jose, like, who do they even have? I, I don't see a lot there that contenders are clamoring for. So I had a little fun with this. This story with all 16 Western Conference objectives is getting posted right now on dailyfaceoff.com. And the headline or category that I gave for the Blackhawks was, dear God, please allow us to ice a lineup. And like, I'm, I'm having fun with it, but it's a legit truth when you see the guys that they're re-signing, plus the fact that there are 13 forwards right now that are on their cap count for a total of $15 million. Like this is a team that doesn't really have a lot to pick at the, you know, mid round picks that you'd be getting for Morazic and Dickinson and whoever else they're not, it's not really worth the headache of then having to go out and try and replace them. And you could say, well, Hey, isn't getting a third round pick for Jason Dickinson uh, better than, 
and just have him come back and re-sign with you in the summer. Isn't that the best course of action? It almost never happens that way. You go out and you get a taste of winning somewhere else and you're like, oh, well, I don't really want to do that again. That wasn't very fun. It's much easier to be comfy and stay. And that's sort of what the Blackhawks are looking at. I think it's important. We've talked a ton about the Calgary Flames or we're going to talk about the Flames for a bit more with John Goins in a second on the coaches room. But I wanted to point out two teams in particular. I'm calling them trending sellers. One is the Arizona Coyotes and the other is the Minnesota Wild. I think both teams kind of in different ways need a little bit of a dose of realism here in terms of where they're at in the standings. As good a story as the Coyotes have been being more competitive this year, I don't think their franchise and where they're trying to get to is strong enough to go through a year this year in which they say, you know what, we're just going to sit tight and roll the dice and see what happens. They need to continue to stockpile assets. They need to continue to look to the future. And again, we looked at the buyers. Even if they were to squeak in, does anyone think that they have even a remote chance to beat any one of those other seven teams in the first round? You're shaking your head no. So I'm going to say you take that as a no as well. Trade, you got to make some trades. And Minnesota, they're not there quite yet. They're not going to wave the white flag. It's not really in Bill Guerin's nature as GM, but they're going to have other pieces that they're going to need to consider. A Brandon Duhame and things like that. What happens eventually with Marc-Andre Fleury? Like they've got some questions to ask in Minnesota for a team where the odds are really kind of stacked against them and the math is stacked against them at this point while they're still dealing with injuries and some uncertainty to guys like Jared Spurgeon. We got a question about Flurry in our uh, Twitter chat. And man, Frank, if you're a contending team, I don't know, maybe even like a Toronto and Minnesota says, hey, we're willing to give up Flurry and keep half that money. Like, I think a lot of contenders, not just Toronto, but a lot of contenders would love to bring that guy into the mix for a playoff run. As they should be. I mean, Reaper is, is bang on here. I mean, you look at what they're looking to potentially get in return. It's not so much about the pick. It's. It's also about doing the right thing. And here's the thing is Marc-Andre Fleury is going to control all of what happens next. There's zero chance the Minnesota Wild move him if he doesn't have any interest in moving on. But if he comes to them and raises his hand and says, hey, I want to, I want a chance to compete for yet another Stanley Cup, they're certainly not going to stand in his way. And some of those contending teams that are really looking for a 1B, like Colorado to me is the perfect place for Marc-Andre Fleury. Georgiev has played way too much this year. My interview with Avs GM Chris McFarland comes out tomorrow. He says, point blank, this is way too much for our goalie to be playing on track for 68 starts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Check it out. They're going to be a team that acquires a goalie. Yeah, that is, I mean, no one starts 68 games anymore. That's Marc-Andre Fleury in his first couple of seasons kind of numbers, Frank. Uh, all right, we are running a little bit behind, so let's get to our big segment today. It's the Coach's Room with our boy, John Goyens. Coach's Room, as always, is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION. 25 it's cold out you don't want to cook stay home tonight and order in with doordash john goins color commentator with tsn 690 doing habs and rocket games but today we're going to talk about the calgary flames john and let's start with some positivity after all this flames team is on a three-game winning streak and one of the positive points this year has been jacob markstrom what are the numbers and play of markstrom doing for calgary right now his numbers overall this year have been very consistent, but you look since December 12th, the team is 9-4-2 in those 15 games, and Markstrom, his numbers have been unbelievable. But look at the screened save percentage. This guy's making saves, and you'll see some in the clips. He's making saves that look easy. He's a big man, and he's using that to his advantage to track pucks, find pucks, and make saves where he basically kills any momentum for his opponents. So it, I'm not going to pretend to be a goalie expert, even though I will say tongue in cheek, two of my former goalies are in the NHL right now and you need Peretz and Devin Levi, but I'm not going to take all that credit. But when you look at the evolution in the numbers right now is that Markstrom's been consistent, 9-12. I, I don't want to take anyone, anything away from Vladar or anyone that's backed up in Dustin Wolf, but his work here since December 12th, has this team in a position where it's like, could they get fooled by this streak as an organization? And could they get fooled in such a way that pulls them into different decision-making going forward? And as we roll these clips, Gavin, we'll see that he's been really consistent, really big in tracking pucks. We all know Mark Stone is a tricky player. He's got a tricky release. He gets that up by the shoulder, boy, uh, the collarbone and he kills the play. Watch him track the puck, track the puck, and you can see even as the puck goes up, he's tracking it with his eyes. Again, key moment in the game. Stone catches it, eyes are on the glove, boom, nullifies any type of momentum swing. We don't know Rasmus Sandi uh, Anderson, excuse me, of being a, a, a risky player. He turns it over, boom, Markstrom's got his back. Back door, no problem, boom, off the blocker. He's tracking pucks really, really well. Again, broken play. These are the worst on the PK for a goalie. He's going to track the puck and then back and then stop Josh Norris right in the slot in a 2-2 game uh, versus Ottawa. And then a breakaway in the third period at 3-3. He's out. He's big. He's solid. And again, it's just these moments where he's making key saves at at times where it could really crumble or give teams a bit of a momentum swing. And he's just big, he's strong, he's consistent. And watch this last one that just emphasizes his screen save abilities. It looked like he saw that all the way through and there was nothing that was going to disrupt his sight lines. 
Okay, so there's no doubt that Markstrom has been really impressive. They're unquestioned MVP. But as a whole, this Flames team has kind of just been scrappy all year. Like, 2-7-1 and one to start, and they're now above 500. That kind of gives you an indication of how well they've played overall, especially through the meat of their schedule. But when you look, John, at 5-on-5, five five, what are some areas that have impressed you where you've seen an uptick and or a surge? Their rush game. They're they're not necessarily outscoring teams, but they're defending the rush really well. They are creating on the rush. They're just not getting it across the goal line. So you feel like that 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 ice might break soon enough. But it's how well they defend the rush, and they're fourth in the league in goals against off the rush. It's been very consistent. It's been a five man approach. And as we roll these clips, we're going to see that. How often coaches talk, you want five guys in the picture. And here's their neutral zone. It's a one, two, two, pretty simple. But if a team goes east-west, well, they're met by five red jerseys within an instant. So you're constantly turning rushes against into odd man situations for yourself as the Calgary Flames. Coleman, he's been a revelation of late, not just offensively, but we know what he could do defensively. He comes across, he cuts the ice in half. He allows his defenseman to step up. He recovers the puck. And again, watch this. It's going to play out a little bit. Boom, five players. So in every clip that you're going to see here, almost five players present themselves always against two, max three offensive players. So they're always outnumbering their opponents. Because they track so well, they can surf and they can nullify time and space. And Uyghur gets above his guy. And again, boom, five in the picture. And it's the consistency. And that's the thing that every team searches for because to do these little things over and over again, all players get a little bored of it at times. And that's when they get stretched away from their consistency. Here off a line change, they surf, they nullify, they kill it before the top of circle and boom, it's going the other way. So it there, everybody seems to be on board. We know that there's guys that have struggled offensively, but it it seems that the rush against is really not just one, not two. It's not just the D. It's not just the forwards. It's truly five guys in the pick working together and supporting at all times. Last area we want to hit on with you is the penalty kill. When you looked at those season stats and compare, sorry, compared the season stats as I punch my microphone out of my hand to the last uh, since December 12th, the PK stayed remarkably consistent, John. Uh, what have you noticed with them when they're shorthanded? Well, you punch your mic, so at least we know you have hands. We just don't know if we're going to let you handle a hockey stick anytime soon. But the PK, the numbers have been consistent all year. But the part that sticks out for me the most is that they don't cheat. Teams that have a lot of shorthanded goals for usually aren't the teams that are at the top of the league in penalty killing percentage because you got cheaters all over the place. These guys have 10 shorthanded goals on the season, and that has allowed their PK to climb from 84.2%. When you add the shorthanded goals, their PK, their net PK is 91.7%, which has them first in the league in the season, including since December 12th, which has them at 95.7%, which is also first in the league. And who are the main characters of this act? It's going to be Coleman, Sharon, uh, Sharon Ganoff, and 
Michael Backlund. So let's roll the clips because it's outstanding how quickly they attack with speed. And you see again, oh, these are the five on five clips. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. Mix up. Keep going. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they do a really good job in transition through the neutral zone. They end up in a one-three stand. Uh, they they have good sticks. They pressure on kickouts, and then boom, those two guys have ton of speed. So here you see Coleman's going to get above the puck. We know teams want to drop, and here's your one-three stand. Right? They're not giving up much. So you got to create two on ones. Well, they've got good sticks, good pressure, and if you fall or if you mishandle pucks, speed kills at all times. And watch Coleman, the carry-in, bang, Sharon, get up, boom, skills. So they've got skills not just at five-on-five, five, but it seems that their skill at P on the PK are really emphasizing how quickly they can make you pay in transition. Again, Blake Coleman, great stick, moves the puck, hell of a backhand pass. Let's take out the goalie while we're at it. Against Florida, Florida one of the better teams all year. Again, another 1-3 stand. All right, great sticks, great reads, good pressure versus the kickout, and watch them nullify this really quickly. Bang, Michael Backlin, who's been a hell of a PK player his entire career, and you can see why their PK is doing so well. In zone, they flush down, and they want to put pressure on puck carriers into situations to make bad passes like this. What happens again? Speed kills. It is the theme of their PK and how quickly they can make you pay for poor puck management. You think you got them beat? If you cheat, bang, they're right all over you again with, again, great sticks and quickness of not just their hands, their feet, and their minds. Love the breakdown, John. We'll see what ends up happening with the Flames here. Who knows? Like you said, if they keep winning, maybe they aren't selling. Appreciate the insight with the coaches room. As always, delivered by DoorDash. We'll chat again next week, John. Thanks, guys. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO, and it's brought to you by our friends out at Tourism Jasper. Frank, one question that popped up a couple of times in the chat. It was Adarath who asked it first, though. Um, any update on Corey Perry? Uh, not yet. He's you know considering his options. He's gathering interest, uh, lots of expressions of interest. And I think now it becomes time to, uh, as teams have ramped up their due diligence, probably have a pretty good handle on what, they're thinking or feeling as to whether or not he's a serious candidate to be signed that he'll just go through and, and pick what he believes to be the best fit. And um, that process is ongoing. I don't think there's a timeline on it. So all the Oilers fans in the YouTube chat, you can just calm down a little bit, but a special shout out to our boy, Christopher Palmer, who is in the chat today, Frank, watching the show from Dubai, which is kind of oh, Dubai yeah, it's on my bad. list. It's on my bucket list. I want to get there. Uh, let's move along to our daily bets for the day. It is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. A couple of plays for you on tonight's NHL slate. Frank, starting with the over five and a half between San Jose and Chicago. Both these teams playing back-to-backs, and the Sharks have given up 17 goals against in the second half of back-to-backs this year. Sorry, I should say the Sharks on the second of back-to-backs um, in those in four games. They're averaging north of four goals against just themselves. I think this one's going to go over. Uh, the Sharks got shut out yesterday, so I think their offense can bounce back and not get shut out in back-to-back -back nights. And I think I'm just surprised this one wasn't six and a half, honestly. And even if it was six and a half, I would have debated playing it. 
So five and a half, it's a slam dunk play for me. And uh, the team I'm banking on winning tonight is the New York Rangers. The Seattle Kraken yesterday were my pick because I said, you know what? They're on a heater. They were underdogs for some reason against the, Peng- against the Penguins. I like the Kraken to keep slipping now, actually. The Rangers are at home. Seattle's playing back-to-backs. The puck line's plus money. Let me roll with it. Minus one and a half on the Rangers tonight, which brings us to garbage time, Frank. And his Marc-Andre Fleury passed Patrick Waugh on the all-time wins list. Uh, he did it with some help from his friends. And he's a guy who loves his goalposts. Such a great clip. I mean, who else, honestly, after making a save, watching it go off the post? Ah, thank you, buddy. Just just gives it a thank you right in the middle of it. It's like a, like a nice little rub, too. I mean, it's it's classic. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Marc-Andre Fleury. We talked about his record, uh, you know, the fourth guy to get to 1,000 games played, now second all-time in wins. Uh, some of these marks I don't think will ever be broken. And the fact that every player almost uniformly to a man comes out and says that this guy is one of the best teammates they've ever had. He's played on. A few different teams now, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Chicago, now many, that four different teams are saying that. It just goes to show you, he may go down as one of the most popular players of all time, and it's because of things like that, thanking his post that tells you he always has an eye on everything happening around him. Uh, there you go. Garbage time brought to you by Wendy's and the Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Frank, only two of the 10 options yesterday oh. in day one hit. I had Pedersen to grab an apple. I'm out. I had Fiala to get a point. I'm out. I mean, you think Fiala, 37 points in 39 games going into last night. Could you just get one? Uh, It is brought to you by Wendy's and the bacon portobello mushroom melt. It is back, but only for a limited time. So download the Wendy's app. And hey, if you're a loser in the pool like Frank and I, you can still be a winner at lunchtime with Wendy's, the Wendy's app. That is a wrap. On today's edition of the show, shout out to our producer, Gavin Turnick, Pat Puff on the graphics, and John Goins for swinging by. Frank and I will be back tomorrow, noon Eastern. Chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. 
So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.